the Midtown Detroit studios of WDET. This is Detroit Today. The rising cost of education affects millions of Americans, and this week, President Biden announced a new plan to help borrowers swimming in debt. The plan will cancel up to 20000 in federal student debt and a plan they say that can cancel fully the debt for nearly 45% of borrowers. Is this a good idea or does it even go far enough? We'll talk about it with Andre Perry at Brookings Metro. That's next on Detroit Today, but first the news from NPR. Detroit Today is supported by Michigan School of Psychology in Farmington Hills, educating psychologists today who will transform our world tomorrow. Learn more at msp.edu. Good day and welcome to Detroit Today. I'm Nick Austin, filling in for Stephen Henderson. For the last half century, college has been a central theme in American life. Get an education, a job, and a home has been a phrase uttered by generations of parents and teachers pushing those before them to climb the economic and social ladder. But the cost of the college education has skyrocketed during the last 50 years, And as such, it's often made getting the right job and buying a home incredibly difficult. As you probably know, President Biden has a plan to cancel student debt of up to $20,000 of college debt for millions of Americans. This is a very big deal. It's meant to give students more freedom over their adult lives. For those swimming in debt, they will be in a better position to buy a home they'll have an opportunity to work a job that pays less but fulfills them more. They'll be a little less worried about an economically unstable future. But this plan has not come without blowback, both from conservatives and liberals. Some say this plan will cause more inflation and that prices will continue to go up. Others note that it doesn't address the problem of colleges that they need to be better funded by the state. And still more people think this plan is just plain unfair, that they went into debt to pay for college, so others need to as well. How do we make sense of all these arguments? And what will Biden's plan do both for college students and for our politics? Where do voters stand on this plan? Will Biden's plan draw out more people to vote for Democrats in the midterms? Or will his plan bring a big backlash and drive more voters to vote for Republican counterparts? And will this debt cancellation policy actually help young people have more success in their adult lives? To talk about all of these questions and more, we have Andre Perry here with us. He is a senior fellow at Brookings Metro and a scholar in residence at American University. He has been writing a lot about the issue of college student debt and Biden's recent plan. Andre, welcome back to Detroit Today. Hey, it's always a pleasure to be back, Nick. Hey, thanks again for being here. And I just want to start out from the top. Everybody has the question, what's actually in the plan and who qualifies for it? Well, the plan will cancel up to $20,000. That's $20,000 of student debt for Pell Grant recipients with loans held by the Department of Education. And it will also cancel $10,000 of debt for non-Pell Grant recipients. As as many people know, the Pell Grant is offered to um, families in need, and and that was determined by filling out the FAFSA, FAFSA form. Um, Debt cancellation are for people whose incomes are less than, that's less than $125,000 or $250,000 for married couples. Now, that's the the meat of the plan, but it also takes some important steps in some other areas. Um, For example, the um, borrow participation and income-based repayment plans have, have, have changed. And so there are plans that 
borrowers take out where they pay a percentage of their income. And it, in the past, it was about 10% of their income um, towards that plan. By this new, uh, Biden's new proposal um, reduces it from 10% to 5%, and it forgives all loan balances after 10 years instead of 20 to 25 years in the past. Um, and and, and in, in addition, um, Biden also reiterated the Department of Education's earlier decision um, to refurbish the public service loan forgiveness program um, to make sure that people who have worked in public institutions, nonprofit institutions for at least 10 years get um, um, relief. So it's a comprehensive plan. A lot of people will um, benefit um, from this. So um, I, I think um, that it's a good thing overall, but as we'll, we'll talk about, I also feel it doesn't go far enough in areas and ultimately it doesn't solve for the root of the problem. All right, all right. Leading leading with the uh with the air topic area there. I see you, Andre, and we will get to that in a moment. But uh before we do, for people who are trying to get their debt canceled, how will they go about doing this? Yeah, the Department of Education and Biden also uh, talked about an application form that will be developed by the end of the year. Now, a lot of people will say um, the Department of Ed is pretty slow, um, and the reason why they're refurbishing the uh, the public service loan forgiveness program is because um, 96% or, or more of applications didn't um, get addressed. And so they don't have a, a strong track record of creating applications that work. And so it's supposed to, to be up by the end of the year. Um, so look out for the uh, announcements for that. But you, we have a little bit of time. I mean, th this is not going to happen tomorrow. And when the applications are up, it's going to take a while for those, um, those um, debts to be extinguished. So, but look for an application um, for uh, people at, by the end of the year. All right, very good. And uh, you did mention your thoughts, but before we get into that, I do want to know for some of the critics out there uh, that say that this uh, this plan's a bad idea, or maybe that it shouldn't have been implemented in the first place. What arguments have you heard from them about it going uh, too far, something that shouldn't have been implemented? Well, the main argument, I would say two, there's two main arguments and in your introduction um, and mentioned them. One is around inflation, which is a somewhat of a red herring. One, the the argument for inflation, inflation doesn't hold true because this program is so small relative to the overall budget. I mean, and that was what Biden wanted to address in, in the first place. He, he had to deal with arguments about regressivity that this program would benefit the rich because in dollar amounts, more wealthy people have student loans. However, when you look at wealth, it's far more low income, low wealth people who have more individual loans. And so um, Biden really, um, by his income threshold, really limited this this program to l low to moderate income um, um, families. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, its impact on inflation is negligible. And if you t really take that kind of approach, all government spending is negligible. So we wouldn't say Medicare, and I mean, Medicare and Medicaid in, in many ways are are inflationary, but no one's going to cut those programs because we have still have to address um, um, structural issues um, that existed before this uh, inflationary period and will exist after. So this, I mean, that argument's a red herring. And, and then this argument of fairness, people will say, I didn't go to college. Why should my tax dollars go towards this uh, this program? Well, I don't ride roads in Montana, and my tax dollars, some of them go to U.S. Uh, 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 national roads there. I mean, we've all, we, I mean, we always contribute to programs for the greater good. And that 
argument also lacks significant insight. College educated um, um, people create some of the best products in the world that we all use. So we want people to go to college and and that and that's a, a, a part of the reason why I'm for this plan, um, but also find it short um, because ultimately we want more people to go to college. College has become as basic as a, a primary or, or secondary education, but it's not treated in the same way in terms of paying for it. We, we don't ask um, um, parents to take out a loan to send their kids to uh, elementary or, or high school. We sh probably shouldn't be doing it for college e either. So um, people who say oh, uh, this argument is unfair, I mean, it really doesn't make any sense because I mean, there's a slew of, of, of benefits and offerings that are provided by the collective taxpaying public that most of us don't use. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. Andre, I want to do a forensic analysis of your taxes and see what percentage is actually going to roads in Montana. You, you have me intrigued <laughs> there. But uh, we are speaking to Andre Perry, a senior fellow at Brookings Metro and a scholar in residence at American University about student debt for forgiveness and the plan announced by President Biden. And I do want to give you an opportunity because you mentioned uh, that you've been a little critical of the plan, saying it doesn't go far enough. So what would you have done? What do you think the solution should have been? Well, and I'll and I'll explain why there are many people who will who need relief, but will not because of the income threshold. When a lot of my research um, revolved around wealth and and this impact on wealth, and 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 a lot of my past studies on this area looked at um, um, families with low wealth but are high income. Um, a lot of black people, for instance, who were denied um, wealth building opportunities through housing discrimination, not to mention slavery, Jim Crow racism and, and those type of things. But black people for much of um, the uh, America's history were not allowed to own property, were not allowed to build wealth. And so typically a lot of people can pay for tuition using the equity in their home, using savings um, through wealth development. So if if so, a lot of Black people almost have to take out loans to go to college, particularly if you're going to private institutions. And and again, this is something we're told: go to the best schools. Um, often, sometimes are are private, and so you take out loans. Um, and so 125 thousand dollars is not the same for a black person and white person on average. On average, white people can expect an intergenerational wealth transfer um, when they graduate. On average, black people are black graduates are expected to contribute to their families. Um, um, well, so it's it's so you see the differences in wealth being played out in how loans are taken. Black people um, take a much longer time to extinguish their loans um, and default rates are higher. Again, but this is not because of a willingness to pay or a lack of willingness to pay. This is about capacity to pay. So, but this plan, because of income, it doesn't make those nuanced decisions about who should get relief. But so it, it really limits it to poor, poor to moderate income folks, as opposed to people who actually need relief. Uh, you raise excellent points there. My uh, question then would be about the capacity of the Biden administration to make that change or to go higher, because, uh, you know, we normally hear that the power of the purse is held with Congress. Any uh, change yeah. that you make related to any kind of uh, cost should go through Congress. But I understand this is a bill or this is it's not a bill. It's something that he's passing by administrative order. Could he even have done it and gone further? Why Why is this the number they arrived at? Would they have the mechanisms to go further, as you mentioned? 
Well, uh, apparently he, he believes that he does. He, uh, uh, that will be challenged in court. I'm absolutely positive about that. I, I mean, but the, the difficult thing about this is who what uh, congressperson is going to challenge this? Yeah. I mean, yeah. if if you're running for office in, in your constituents, and by the way, there are a lot of Democrats and Republicans who are going to benefit from this. So this is a shrewd political move as well. So if you are standing in the way of a student getting their debt canceled, you know, that's not going to look good for you come the mid-year or um, election time in general. Um, But um, under the HEA, the Higher Education Act, it, it does give the Department of Education a lot of leeway around um, financial aid policy. Now, uh, on its face, it looks like this is something that could be or may be um, determined by congressional edict. But right now, it, it you know, it, and in the past, it's been handled by the administration. And so he's leaning on past precedent, what has been done in the past. But this is certainly a radical, uh, a radical shift. And so it will be called into question. But right now, it looks like he has the power because for much of the federal financial aid um, um, program's history, it has been held by the administration. We're speaking with Andre Perry, senior fellow at Brookings Metro and a scholar in residence at American University, who's been writing about the issue of college student debt a lot as well as Biden's recent plan. But we also want to speak with you. How do you feel about President Biden's move to cancel up to $20,000 of student debt? Do you think he should have canceled more like Andre thinks? Alternatively, do you think that what he's doing is unfair? Do you think the college payment structures should be changed altogether? Are you a college student or someone who recently graduated? We want to hear from you. How does this plan affect your life? Give us a call, 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019, and we will work you into the conversation. We also have comments on Twitter, uh, which I want to make part of this conversation right now, including from Big Neo, saying, We're to see regular folks complaining about student loan forgiveness, but those same people remain silent when corporate welfare and tax breaks are given out to the wealthy. We also have a comment from David on Twitter. I'm happy about it. We took out over 30000 in loans for my wife to finish college, and we now owe just under $22,000 and pay $360 a month. That's a car payment, car insurance, and a bigger house. And uh, all great points. Andre, do you have anything to piggyback off of those notes from the uh, writers on Twitter? Yeah, you know, for um, for me, I think a lot of people will get um, when when they do get relief, they will see, wow, this is a, a big, you know, relief. This is, I'm taking a large weight psychologically, yeah. uh, such mm-hmm. like psychological as well as this financial weight off my shoulder. And um, again, on around um, um, this issue of political decisions to who should deserve some form of relief. Um, it, it is somewhat arbitrary, and a lot of policies do seem unfair. I mean, l- let's be real, that um, tax policy favors married people. Yeah. It it also favors homeowners. Re- you know, r- r- renters don't get the same types of, of tax breaks. So we're always determining um, who should relieve risk, um, relief based upon your conceptualization of w- what's good for society? And I think it's Biden is what he's saying is, hey, we need to provide some relief because in general, uh, um, going to college is good, just as home ownership is good, just as and 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 many people's mind getting married is good. So, um. If we're going to start picking and choosing um, um, fairness based upon um, uh, what we're seeing in this um, uh, plan, we would get rid of a lot of different benefits to groups who 
probably don't deserve it based upon those criteria. Right now, we're going to start off the conversation with Jarek in Waterford. Jared, go ahead. You're on Detroit today. Good morning, Stephen. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's go ahead. Friday and I can't complain. Right on. Um, I, um, the way I feel about it is um, I have seen over my lifetime uh, bailouts and et cetera. Um, I, I feel as though um, I'm, I'm glad that they're finally doing something. However, I feel as though they're going about it the wrong way. Mm. Um, I feel as though, um, giving an X amount of dollar relief, uh, is not the right way. I feel as though they could have gone maybe further by, um, freezing, uh, student loan debt where it is now and saying, that it will retroactively be interest-free and um, freezing all student loan debt and making it interest-free from here on out. So any existing student loan would no longer accrue interest and that any interest or uh, any loans given from here on out uh, should be interest-free, um, thus shifting the burden majoritively uh, from the taxpayers to the private sector because um, we all know that banks have, you know, here and there uh, practiced predatory banking. And um, I, I don't necessarily believe that uh, the taxpayers should be on the hook for um, bailing out these predatory banking practices. I, I feel as though the banks have, uh, reported high enough profits that uh, that they would be able to, I mean, especially since we're subsidizing things like farming, which are very important, very important, yeah. um, such as, you know, the future of our nation with uh, education. Yeah, I, I, feel as though, I feel as though it would be uh, yeah. productive. Yeah, I, pre- to- I appreciate it, Jarek. Uh, I want to give Andre an opportunity to respond to your interesting plan. Go ahead, Andre. What are your thoughts? No. Is that a proposal that could work? What would the ramifications yeah, I mean, be? I mean, there's a lot of, of fruit to that. It, you know, a lot of people are saying, why not cancel um, interest um, accrual? Because that's what's um, hind- keeping a lot of people in this sort of uh, tuition, the tuition or the loan trap. Um, that they take on these income-based um, tuition, uh, income-based payments, and uh, interest keeps accruing, and so it takes a very long time um, to draw down the principal. So um, I, I think there's a lot of, of merit to it, um, and in fact, I, I do think there will be a lot of proposals on the table to cancel interest. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think there's um, many different ways to get at that and and Biden chose his and um, but again I think the caller is also right in that it they still don't address the root cause of the problem which is uh, tuition that has increased threefold over the last three decades and there's no end in sight and so um, um, we do need and this is what I argue um, that we do need a public option. We do need, and because public institutions are, are much cheaper than their private counterparts. And in fact, private um, colleges and universities are 75% um, more expensive than their public counterparts. The reason for that is state legislatures um, can control the uh, spiraling or, or, or ascending tuition, tuitions. So we see that there is a cost control mechanism in the public sphere. Why not uh, subsidize them in a way where people can go to for quote unquote free? Um, The same way we do uh, a a K through 12 education, it would have to be different. It would have to have a lot more federal infusion, but we can move towards that system. And, and when we do that, we won't have to take out loans. Other countries do this. 
um, because um, it, it's for the greater good. People, we need society to take on, uh, to get a, um, um, a college or, or college level skills. As so, we, we, we are, the, I, go ahead. But I just want to say that the caller raises some great, great points. Uh, and we are speaking again with uh, not only you, but Andre Perry about Biden's plan to uh, cancel college debt. And we're going to continue speaking with you as we continue on Detroit today. Uh, Angel in Detroit, you keep it locked in here. We're going to speak to you next as Detroit Today continues in just a moment. WDET is your place for open dialogue. The music you love. Real news and in-depth analysis. And cultural experiences. The sound of Detroit. 1019 WDET is your public radio station. It's Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Nick Austin, filling in for Stephen Henderson as we speak about President Biden's move to cancel up to $20,000 in student debt, a plan he says will eliminate almost 45% of borrowers' uh, student loans and student debt in one act. Uh, We're speaking with you about it as well. What do you feel about the plan? Do you feel like it goes far enough? Is it a good first step? Should it have gone further? Give us a call, 313-577-1019. Again, 313-577-1019, and we'll work you into the conversation with Andre Perry, Senior Fellow at Brookings Metro. want to hear what you plan on doing with that extra cash, the extra money, the extra Skrilla that you'll be able to get as a result of this debt forgiveness. And right now, we'll speak with Angel in Detroit. Angel, go ahead. You're on Detroit today. Uh, Thank you so much for um, talking about this. I know we have talked about it a lot. Um, I do believe that it's a step. I don't believe it's enough. Um, Like the caller before said, a lot of that is going to just be your interest that has accumulated over time. Both me and my husband uh, graduated from a college. We did not come out uh, working in the position or the field that we had studied in. And our student loan debt, we literally need to have no bills, no obligations for two years in order just to pay it off completely. And the $20,000 is a help, but at the end of the day, it's still going to cost us a lot. And now we have a child who will go to college next year And we have to hesitate and think of different ways to make sure that he doesn't have this same issue that we've experienced um, from taking out student loans that, of course, did help us make it to through college. But at the end of the day, we can't afford to pay those back. And there's no options for us in that manner. Uh, Excellent points, Angel. And I really do appreciate you giving a call and telling that story because I think that's something that faces a lot of Americans. And that's also something I'm interested in, uh, how this affects interest and interest payments. How does that play into the plan as it exists right now? But I want to give you an opportunity, Andre, not only to discuss the interest portion of it, but really speak and answer uh, Angel's uh, comment and question for you. Yeah, Angel, uh, let me, she brings up something that's also important, that um, low to moderate and um, and even middle income people are still struggling largely because of interest and, um, and um, debt overall. Um, but wealthy people have the luxury of tax advantage um, 529 savings programs that they use to send their kids to college. So uh, these are um, in every in most states, um, they have some type of savings plan that you um, can participate in and anyone can participate in it. However, wealthy people can put much more money into this um, um, uh, tax shelter um, so that they get some relief in, in many ways um, from their pocketbooks. Um, and so wealthy people have a lot of, of different advantages and and certainly 529 plans are just one of of several. 
But when it comes to working class, middle class folks, we're asking them to shoulder a lot of the burden. And, and again, I can't say this enough, we do need a plan to extinguish interest um, and put the pressure uh, um, or uh, remove um, some of the benefits to, to the banks um, um, because many people are just paying interest until they die. Um, and, um, and and we know that, you know, that's just holding back the economy. We want more people to fully participate in the, in, in the economy. We want people to purchase homes. We want people to buy cars. We want people to be debt free. And so um, if we cancel the interest, um, we'll move a lot closer to, to strengthening the overall economy and the workforce. Thank you again so much, uh, Angel, for your comment and calling Detroit today. It was uh, very, uh, very useful, very helpful to the conversation. And that means that we have an open line for you out there listening as well. Give us a call. 313-577-1019. Join the conversation. Tell us your thoughts on Biden's announced plan to cancel up to $20,000 in student loan debt for borrowers out there, uh, how that will affect you. If you think it goes far enough, if you think it it goes too far, if you think it's a good policy idea in the first place. And we do have comments on Twitter, as I mentioned. Uh, We are uh, looking at folks like uh, Walter on Twitter, who says, taxpayers need a revolt to completely decouple themselves from higher education. Kick DC out of local pre-K through 12. And uh, we're moving to the phones right now as we have Mike in Gross Point. Mike, you are on Detroit Today. Good morning, thank you for taking my call. Well, these uh, this student loan forgiveness is a drop in the bucket, but it's a step in the right direction. Beginning with those uh, tax cuts of Ronald Reagan in the 80s, the Republican Party has had their goal to limit those who get educated in the United States. And it's been no accident that those with the highest education happen to be white and wealthy. And um, the pushback from the Republican Party with this loan forgiveness is more evidence of that. And nowhere is it more profoundly evident as in Macomb County, where it seems that the working class whites there have been brainwashed by the Republican Party into voting against their own interests seem proud that their kids don't go to college. And it's, 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 a, it's a plan by the Republicans to prevent anyone but the 1% from being uh, highly educated. And it just needs to change. Thank you. Appreciate you calling in, uh, Mike from Gross Point. Andre, I'll give you an opportunity to respond. Yeah, Mike, I, I think you raised some important um, uh, points that we gotta be careful when folks say, I didn't go to college. My kids aren't going to college. We we absolutely need more people to get um, the skills that are um, created in college. Now, um, I will say that many of those skills can be had at community colleges, um, certainly four-year institutions, and um, but we we really got to be careful demonizing higher education um, because we need it if we're going to be competitive, not only. um, um, in the local context, but in an international context. We need, we don't need um, the skills of an industrial age anymore. And so this is gonna be a hard shift for many Americans, but the reality is that we will have to move towards a system where the burden of going to college is not placed on the students. And so, um, if if we're going to be competitive as a country, so um, I think the caller it, it, it has a, make a lot of great points there. Um, we got to be careful demonizing college. Andre, I've heard you say multiple times that we're going to have to change how we fund college. But again, you got a gridlocked Congress. So in terms of what the Biden administration is able to do with the power of administrative orders and the tools they have in their toolbox, uh, to the extent that that's something that we have to do, is there a mechanism that Biden could use to accomplish that? And if so, what is it? I think we're already moving in that direction. And in red states, many red states, you can actually you actually have free community college. 
And so it's going to be incumbent upon those college leaders to say, look, our students want to, uh, to not only um, um, move on from two, their two year, they want to go to four year. And why should they have to pay um, along, um, um, uh, these exorbitant rates? And so I think it will be some maneuvering on the parts of higher ed leaders, which by the who, by the way, are not um, as forceful in creating a free college system. I mean, they are one of the barriers. So it's it's not just a gridlock Congress. It's a gridlock higher ed lobby um, that also is is putting putting the brakes on on this type of move but we are already doing this at the community college level because if you qualify for a pell you get state aid it generally covers the cost of admission and so um we we should be able to see that at a at the four-year institutions as well so we're moving towards that direction um i and i think if if you have a leader who is savvy i don't think it's going to be in the next uh, uh, th this presidential cycle, maybe not the next, but I do think eventually people will say, you know what, this is a, this should not be as a much of a political issue as it is because we're already seeing free college at the community college level. It's Detroit Today on 1019 WDET, where we're discussing uh, Biden's plan to uh, forgive um, a lot of student loan debt and how it affects us here in Michigan, Detroit, and the country. SL on Twitter says, super happy about it. I didn't have loans. My parents could afford to fully fund a 529. And now what life looks like without, a, and know what life looks like without a debt burden. I want that for everyone. Triple exclamation points. I appreciate people who want good things for all of us out there, man. We're all just trying to make it just like Harry in Sterling Heights. Harry, go ahead. You're on Detroit today. That's a great topic. I'm a graduate of Wayne State in 1972. I don't think my college education cost me $1,000, but I wow. work part-time. The problem I have now with the, the administrators are getting arrested for sexual improprieties. you got uh, Tom Hizzo making $6, 7000000 million a year. Harbo making $8 million a year. I mean, and the football team and, and basketball team are getting money from the NCAA for uh, TV endorsements. Can't they spread the wealth around? How much money can you make? Uh, that is a very – I appreciate all of your points, Harry, from Sterling Heights, who I understand – I guess you're a tartar, not a warrior, but love you over here uh, at <laughs> Wayne State where we're broadcasting fun. But I bring that question to you, Andre. When is enough enough? Can you uh, speak to Harry's point, please? Well, um, there there are different funding mechanisms for these coaches. I mean, they're drawing a lot upon, um, from their um, ticket sales and other revenue. But the point is clear that I actually believe that coaches and other athletic personnel should be treated like professors, that um, they should get receive the same type of of, of funding. Um, and but we're actually what we're seeing on in terms of college athletics a new era in which we're going to really be more club sports in, in a sense of they're sort of like soccer in and in, in Europe where there is an affiliation with the in, with the an institution or city and they're essentially managing a private you know organization club um, that is affiliated with the university to get out of this mess because it doesn't look good when your coach and your football program is making so much money and their services on campuses are, are wanting. Um, but I don't want to mix up budgets here because many of the uh, much of the way that uh, coaches are paid is through different revenue streams that because people are going into the stands, people are buying tickets, people are buying apparel, people, they have donors for that. I would love for, I used to be a professor and a dean. I would love for booster clubs to give to the colleges of education all yeah. over uh, the country, but they're not. So, um, but, but, but the point is, we do need to create systems that are more equitable in nature. Yeah, yeah. Excellent points there. Appreciate that. As we continue here on Detroit Today, 1019 WDET, when we continue, we want to hear from you. What are your thoughts on Biden's plan to forgive student loan debt for so many Americans? Does it go far enough? Does it uh, go too far? 
give us a call. 313-577-1019 and we'll work you into the conversation when we continue. Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Nick Austin filling in for Stephen Henderson as we discuss uh, Biden's plan to, plan to cancel college debt uh, with Andre Perry, senior fellow at Brookings Metro. And we want to speak to as many of you as possible. So we're going to ask you as we're coming up towards the end of the uh, the show to uh, keep your keep your comments as brief as you can. Still, we still want to hear from you and we want to hear from Dale in Royal Oak, who is next on Detroit Today. Dale, go ahead. Yes. Good morning, gentlemen. A um, couple of real quick, uh, one quick question is, does the the plan count people who have already gone to college or already gone to school and include uh, the debt that they may be incurring now on graduate school? Also, um, I'm retired. I, I live on Social Security. You know, I have uh, expenses. And I think the the limit below which uh, people will get this benefit of $125,000 for a single person, uh, they they did go to school to try to make that kind of money. And I think it's a, it's a nice wage if you get $125,000. So I think they should probably be able to pay that debt. Also, uh, does it include people who have been paying that debt and... Um, and now if they get 10, let's say have $10,000 left on the debt, now it's going to be wiped out, whereby they probably could have continued to pay that debt. So those are my comments. I have others. And also, I think this whole thing has more to do about how much the total debt in the country for this uh, problem is affecting the economy. All right. Very good. Dale, I appreciate the questions. I'm going to present them to Andre. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I The way I read it, it's any federal um, loan. And so whether you've taken it in um, undergrad or graduate, and, that, and originally he said undergraduate, but the way I read it, it's any federal loan that um, you've, you've taken. And uh, can you g- give me some of the other questions? I'm, I'm blanking. Yeah, I think his comment was just saying that 125K seems to be a, a high amount and you should be able to pay that back. I believe you addressed that a little bit earlier, cost of living rises and, of course, how that affects uh, African-Americans. But to the extent that you want to comment yeah. on that number. Yeah, 125, you know, is different for different people. So right. 125,000 for African-Americans um, typically means that that person um, uh, went to college and and because of wealth differences, probably have significantly more um, debt than a person who have 125,000, but their parents own homes. Right, right. And so, you know, I, I think what Biden tried to do is make it high enough where you're getting, you're addressing some of that issue, but not too high where um, where you're essentially supporting upper class um, individuals. Right. Annette in West Bloomfield, you're on Detroit Today. Go ahead. Annette, are you there? West Bloomfield. Yes, I didn't hear my name. Go Sorry. ahead. No, no worries. Uh, how's Stephen? I hope he's well and his family. They're doing great. They're doing great. Go okay. ahead. That is good. I do believe in the actual concept of getting the $20,000 back, but that isn't going to be anything near the most people that I've spoken to actually can get themselves out of debt in the sense of school. It really doesn't help people to begin a profession that's highly needed, like doctors or nurses. The cost of going to school is much, much higher. And yes, I do believe that sometimes it's culturally pulled back and held back. If uh, you don't have a start from your family, it makes it very difficult. There are some lovely programs out there for our community, but not for everybody. And it becomes difficult. Is there any way... Go ahead. Is there any way yeah. that they would uh, consider higher amounts? Because we do seem to give away our money to war efforts and problems around the world that are important. But what about at home? 
I really appreciate your call and your thoughtful uh, uh, comments, uh, Annette. Go ahead, Andre. I know you had a response. Yeah. The Biden administration has been trying to deal with this issue, what they call regressivity. Um, are, is the program benefiting the rich? Um, and most, and to be clear, most loans, um, debt amounts are under $20,000, most. But there, but when you look at the overall debt that is held, a lot of it is held by upper class people who are going to medical school, to law school. But in terms of individual loans, the number of actual loans there are, most are under twenty thousand. And so, but 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 Biden has tried to stave off the this idea that we shouldn't um, provide um, um, benefits to the wealthy. To that, and, and the caller makes a great point, during a time when doctors are more vital than ever, we actually want them yeah. to encourage more physicians, regardless of where they're coming from, in terms of, of socioeconomic background. So the, the I think the caller makes a great point. We need to give access, college access to people, who, we're, we're, whoever they are. And that's why I do believe that we need a public option similar to what we see in K-12. And, and just to give the callers some background, I wrote a piece on this um, on the Brookings platform, and it's titled Biden, Biden Student Debt Cancellation Doesn't Solve for the Root Problem Facing Borrowers, But It's a Start. So if you uh, go to, to, to that, that, that source, you can learn more about what my thoughts on this. Thank you again so much, Annette, for calling in and your thoughtful points. As we have a comment from Zeke on Twitter, I saw an analysis on CNBC that this debt could cost taxpayers on average $2,000 a piece. Andre, is that true? What do you have to say about that? It's going to cost $300 um, billion overall. And but th- this is where it's, con- you know, the benefits of the people um, who are getting um, their loans extinguished will benefit the entire um, country and the economy overall. And so there is a price tag on this, no question about it. And I I, I don't know about the exact amount, but you shouldn't lose sight of the fact that this will improve labor markets in ways that are somewhat immeasurable. In, in terms of getting people out of debt, having them buy homes, having them start businesses, you know, um, you know, people literally can start businesses with twenty thousand dollars. And and we've seen some of the benefits of this already. Um, if if there were a few bright spots about the pandemic, I never wanted to say the pandemic was good, but what we saw was black millennials saw a small increase in home ownership rates during the first few quarters. Why? Obviously, a lot of people were able to save, but we froze student loans, so it it helped their student their 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 income debt ratios. And so, when you buy a home, you're also contributing to economy in ways that you know you, you we don't fully recognize. So again, we we got to be careful saying, "Oh, this is costing me," when it, at the end of the day, it's you're receiving benefits from people getting a college education and not having debt. We're speaking with Andre Perry here on 101.9 WDET. As next up, we have Sharon in in Southfield. Sharon, go ahead. You're on Detroit today. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, this is a really important uh, you know, subject for me. I have parent loans that I had to take out for my daughter. Mm. Um, I as it, as she was going to college and she has a uh, hundred thousand dollars of debt and she went to Wayne State so it's not an expensive school, um you know compared to other schools that are here in the state, I you know the one thing I did find is the predatory lending is just ridiculous it's crazy how much she was pushed on loans and then now looking at the loan forgiveness which I support one hundred percent even if I didn't have a daughter in this situation I support a free public option like you're talking about. Um, the one thing I did want to have your your uh, you know your guest talk about is private loans because I know that's not counted here in terms of the forgiveness, but it is a huge problem. And then the other thing is, is we noticed with my other daughter that when we would visit other state colleges, like we went to Minnesota, 
their in-state tuition was so much cheaper than Michigan, and it's just ridiculous. So if if he could talk about that, I'd appreciate it. I do appreciate that as well, Sharon. Excellent questions. And, Andre, we got about a minute left. If you could go ahead and answer those. Well, I I, I, I neglected to talk about the Parent PLUS loan is included in this. And and, and you're right, it's really... Um, this entire plan is only eligible for um, federal loans and so, and so not private loans because a, a lot of people in the private sector are getting great interest rates because of their wealthy so they can go to private banks so um, people who are struggling naturally go to federal loans so that's why it's directed to that and, and regarding um, state states and state legislatures it's incumbent upon your um, um, representatives to keep college tuitions low. You know, uh, math, the way we teach math has not changed in centuries, but the price of it has <laughs> remarkably. So um, we, it, it, but we do see that public institutions are, are much um, um, less expensive than their private counterparts. So although your public institutions are um, higher priced in other states, they're still relatively low to private institutions. But we we just got to have our elected officials um, um, uh, keep pressure on on universities to keep prices low. Andre Perry, great information. Thanks again for joining us. Make sure you come back. All right. All right. Anytime. Absolutely. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET-FM, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. The show is produced by Sam Corey, the technical director and engineer is Matt Thutra-Vethan, and Detroit Today's music is created by Sam Bobian and Will Sessions. Tune in on Monday when we speak with Ayal Press about his new book, Dirty Work, and why we have to do so, why do we have so many morally damaging jobs in this country? 